What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Wednesday, so time to go over some trade targets for week five. I really like how we structured last week's video and it worked out well for the prediction, so I'm gonna continue doing that. But I also wanted to create two separate lists this time, one for people who have started off hot and then another one for people who have been struggling. I don't think anyone should be in like full-on panic mode unless you're 0-4. I think even one and three teams, you're probably fine at this point, especially with how we build. You're going to likely start off a little bit slower and then end stronger. Um, but even then, like even if you are 0-4, I mean, you still have a realistic chance of making the playoffs. I mean, I started off, I think it was 2-6 and six a few years ago in my hometown league, but I won the next five, squeaked into the playoffs, and then won the championship. So you're still good if you're 0-4, but obviously there are just different players that you should be targeting if you have a slower start versus a faster start. So I wanted to make two different lists for you guys. Also, obviously, I can't touch on every possible trade in these videos. So if you want to see exactly how I have each player projected rest of season, what their value is, you can see that all on my website, thefancefootballadvice.com, and then use a trade calculator to like make possible trades. So what are the two lists? List one is going to be for those of you with a bottom third team. So that would be like the three worst teams in a 10-team league, maybe the four worst teams in a 12-team league, kind of in that general range, maybe one above that as well. And then list two is going to be in the top third. So the top three teams in a 10-team league, top four teams in a 12-team league. For everyone in the middle you can choose which bucket you sort of fall into. My advice is typically always to think longer term. I don't want to have a short term uh, mindset because I want to win the championship, right? So I'm willing to risk it, maybe just miss the playoffs if it means when it works out, I win the championship. So I would say if you're somewhere in the middle, maybe just lean towards list one. Although I'll just say uh, everyone in list one is also in list two. So it's really more Focus on the first list. If you're struggling right now, you can't think as long-term. Everyone else, we're going with all the players in list one, but then list two is like our main focus for long-term. To help you figure out kind of which bucket you fall into though, I did make a league power ranking tool for the website. It is free for everyone to use, and I highly recommend you use it to just understand what your record should be. You know, it removes the randomness of playing one opponent each week. There is a chance now, it's pretty unlikely, but there's a chance that you're the second highest scoring team every week and you're owned for. That can happen. And obviously that's getting incredibly unlucky. So this basically just looks at all of that and it's going to say, okay, what should you be if we just simulate this a bunch of times? What should your record be? I think all of you should go there use that. I'll link in the description down below. You can look on Twitter. I tweeted out the link. Like you'll be able to find it. Just go to the website. You'll find it there. Um, but use that, figure out where you fall in this like top third, bottom third in your league, and then look at the list for that respectively. If you don't feel like doing that, that's fine. You can just go based off of your record. It's not as good of a metric though, at least this early in the season. So for list one, which again, is anyone like that bottom third of the power rankings, we've got Leonard Fournette, Ramondre Stevenson, A.J. Dillon, Jamar Chase, Chris Godwin, and Devonta Smith. All of the players I just mentioned have produced below their rest of season value, and I have a lot of confidence in their production, not only in the long term, but in the short term 
as well. Fournette has 77% of the Bucks carries, just under 12.5% of the target share. They've just been struggling recently while their wide receivers have been recovering, right? They haven't had their team at full strength. The offensive line is also an issue, and it's going to be an issue all season. So that's probably not going to get fixed very much. But it was compounded by having absolutely no one to throw to, having players rotating in and out of the lineup. Once they get the wide receiver core healthy, which is happening now, that's going to benefit the entire offense. They're going to move up and down the field more. They're going to score more touchdowns, like everything that just benefits the run game. They also face the Falcons, Steelers, and Panthers over the next three weeks, which should be three wins for Tampa Bay, and thus positive game scripts for Leonard Fournette. As for Godwin, since we're talking about the Bucks, he returns from the injury. He runs the second most routes of any player last week. Uh, he looked really good coming off of the injury at this point. He'd have to suffer a completely separate injury. I guess, you know, you could always get a re-injury, but we're assuming he's healthy now. They would not have thrown him out there for the second most snaps if he wasn't good to go. He could get hurt again, but I think he is a high-end wide receiver to rest of season. Ramondre Stevenson gets a home matchup this week with the Lions. They still have, I would say, the worst defense in the league, but like, if not, bottom three defense in the NFL. They play up tempo. Stevenson has just under a 13% target share now. They're starting to basically to begin the season. They wanted to rotate drives with Harris Stevenson and then also use Ty Montgomery. Montgomery gets hurt and so they're like, okay, we'll rotate drives with these two and we'll use Stevenson in like two minutes. Now they're using it in like um between like in drives, they're rotating the running backs in and out. So it's not just like, oh, here's Stevenson's drive, here's Harris's drive. Now they're using, you know, both on early downs, but now Stevenson just comes in on third downs, even on Harris's drive. So that's a big positive, obviously, for Stevenson. It allows him to get um, more bankable production and then obviously more work in the receiving game. So he's my running back 16 rest of the season. And this week, given the matchup, he's running back one. So, you know, teams that are in this bucket are struggling. We're looking at players, again, who have good matchups this week too. But I think Stevenson, long-term, great option to trade for this week. Going to have a really good game if you need that production. A.J. Dillon, it's kind of the same bucket. He's got over 50% of the Packers' rush attempts. He's leading the team in red zone carries, carries inside the 10, carries inside the 5. Like He's their go-to option when they get close. He just hasn't scored since week one, and so the fantasy numbers don't look as good. But he's my running back 17 rest of the season, and this week he's a mid-range running back too. He's got a home matchup with the Giants. And they might be on their third string quarterback. We don't really know the final status of either quarterbacks right now. But both are banged up. Both might not play. Like the Packers could just, they could score four, five touchdowns this week. But regardless, they're going to have a positive game script uh, at home. Like it's very likely Dylan scores. And if he doesn't score, he's still going to have a fine game. Going to be used plenty. Devonta Smith coming off a rough week. Three for 17, no touchdowns. But, you know, it had rain. It had wind. Uh, we had another second half for the Eagles didn't have to throw the ball. We had the lowest pass attempt game for the Eagles this season, but Smith, even after that week has over a 23% target share, he's playing on one of the best offenses in football. I don't really know who I want to say is the best offense right now, but a supremely elite offense, a great offense in Philly gets a matchup with the Cardinals this week. 
He's coming in as a low-end wide receiver too in my initial projections, but we all know Devonta Smith has an elite ceiling. We know he can go out there and have eight for 150 and two touchdowns. I think that could happen this week. That's obviously a lofty projection for him, but it's a great game environment. There's at least a chance that the Cardinals can force them to throw the ball a little bit, but the Cardinals are going to play fast too. So like we're expecting, even if Philly doesn't have to have elevated like pass play rate, they're just plays are going to be really high. They're going to have a lot of chances to score. And so it's a great spot for Smith right now. And again, coming off a bad game, you want to buy low on him. Then finally, Jamar Chase, uh, real good time to be trading for him, regardless of what bucket you fall into. Uh, still has over a 26% target share on the season. His per target numbers are a little bit lower, but that's just because he hasn't broken off a big play yet. That's going to happen soon. And the Bengals offense is also going to get back on track soon as well. He has less than 12 half PPR points in three straight games. And while the Ravens might not seem like a good matchup, they are. They have allowed the most passing yards per game in the NFL thus far this season. And in two career matchups with the Ravens, Chase has eight for 201 yards and a touchdown, and then seven for 125 yards and no touchdown. Two really good games. I think you can explode this week. So if you're struggling, to maybe find ceiling in your lineup. You know, you're not scoring that many points each week. Like the production is up and down, but you know, you're scoring like 100 to 105 a week. And you're like, ah, I can't really get any higher. Consider these players because I like them long-term, but I also like them this week. If we need to get a win, these guys are going to produce this week. So again, uh, rest of season value for all of them. Fournette, mid to low end running back one. Stevenson, mid-range running back two. A.J. Dillon, mid-range running back two, Jamar Chase, mid-range one, Godwin, high-end two, Devonta Smith, low-end two. For list two, which again is for all of you in like the top third, we'll maybe say like, you know, top like five teams in a 12-team league, top four teams in a 10-team league, like that general range at least. Or teams that are close to that and you think that maybe you've underproduced, but it's like your fault because you're starting the wrong players, but you still have a good team. We've got everyone I just mentioned. There's still great players to trade for, still go after them. But then also, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Michael Pittman Jr., Gabe Davis. I don't think I'd go after that list. Again, if you fall into the first bucket of like a lower end team, because there's a lot of injuries here, there's a lot of underperforming because of those injuries, that's risky. If you've started off one and three, oh and four, and you're trading for these players, understand that like you're probably buying low and it's probably gonna work out for you in the long run. But if you extend that 0 and 4 to 0 and 6, now you basically have to win like what would it be, eight straight to go eight and six. You probably have to do that to make playoffs. And that's asking a lot, right? If you start off 0 and 6, it is gonna be challenging. Like 0 and 4 is very doable, especially with that extra week. We've got 14 weeks now in the regular season. You could theoretically go 10 and 4 right now and take first place. It's not going to happen, but you know, you have options right now at 0 and 4. But if you're trading for like injured players, players coming off injury, it's more of a long-term play. You don't want to have a long-term play at a low record. So again, I think you guys already knew that, but I just wanted to reiterate that was these are players who higher-end teams are trading for. Um, again, the list is mostly underperformers because of injury, but I'm 100% confident in everyone's long-term role for this group. As of recording this, we don't know the status of Jonathan Taylor right now, but the dream scenario is actually that 
he misses the game. They hold him out. They're like, let's get him 100% for week six. And then the team that has him maybe goes into panic mode because let's face it, I mean, if you drafted Jonathan Taylor, you probably started off the season slow. Like he's not producing that incredibly and was obviously like an early first round pick. And so it's likely maybe you can get a favorable deal done before the game. You would want to definitely uh, ensure that your commissioner can approve the trade when it happens. In all the leagues I'm in, we allow this. So even if a deal gets done at like 5 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, as long as the commissioner is notified something's getting done, they can push the trade through so that you get the players during that week and it doesn't just like jump over into like Tuesday or Wednesday for when it processes. That's important because if the Taylor owner is struggling, you want to try and help them out this week if he's out. That's going to help you get the deal done. And what's not going to help you to get him next week, they're going to be like, oh, well, I don't have him this week anyways. But if you can give them something this week that they can use, you assume Taylor, you take that zero on the bench, you think you can still win without those pieces, that's going to benefit you in the long run. You can definitely give up less value to do so. So make sure your commissioner is able to do that. Again, all the leagues I'm in allow this to happen as long as the commissioner is notified that it's happening because they obviously have to do it before it happens. Uh, But yeah, definitely try and get that sort of deal done. Um, I would probably try and do two for one. Whenever we get to like these stud players, I don't ever like doing, you know, like a a top five running back for top five wide receiver. I, I just don't like doing that. I would much rather you give up like two really good players for Taylor. I just think that's the best way to kind of jump up and do trades. Um, And also remember, Taylor was running back 29 through week three last season, running back 11 through week five last season. Then he finishes running back one overall by like a mile. It was by like 40 or 50 points. So he started off slow last season. Players can start off slow for a month, even two months, then explode. Don't think that he just like isn't what he was last year. He's getting insane volume. I mean, it's like 81% of the team's carries just under 11% target share, unheard of numbers. Like, he's getting used a ton. DeAndre Swift, uh, he's not Jonathan Taylor, but he's still an elite running back. He's on an elite offense with, like I said, probably the worst defense in football. So they're going to have to be throwing a ton. They're going to have to be remaining aggressive every single game. He's likely out until week seven. But again, use that to your advantage. Hopefully, the team that has him is struggling. You can send an offer that can give them the best chance of winning now because they might need production over the next two weeks and you can give that to them. But Swift's going to be running back one when he returns, which again, it's probably going to happen in week seven. So if you can afford to, you know, have him on your roster, you have the players trying to get a deal done for him. Uh, Joe Mixon has had a rough time this season. Offensive line can't really do anything right. He's down to a 2.7 yards per carry. But... You know, he's seen great volume. Like, and even with that, so even one touchdown on the year, 2.7 yards per carry, he's running back 16. That kind of shows you the floor. Once he approaches, you know, he's going to have like four, four and a half yards per carry at some point this season. It's going to start going up to that number. And he's going to have touchdowns. Once those come in, like, it's almost impossible for him to not be a running back one. And so, if you can target him at like this range as a, as a two, I mean, I don't think you can actually get him at running back two value, but he's a mid-range running back one rest of the season. So if someone is going to, you know, give him up for like a high-end running back two 
and maybe like a mid-range to high-end wide receiver too, like just two kind of like lesser players, but still good, I would do that for Mixon. Alvin Kamara, similar story to DeAndre Swift. When he's back, he'll be a running back one. I know Breeze isn't there, and so, you know, we're not going to see the like 81, 83 reception season. Not going to happen. But so far this year, he's got 57% of teams carries, 15% target share. He's just been unlucky. You know, two games played so far, zero touchdowns, 3.8 yards per reception. There's nothing to indicate that those numbers are going to hold. He's going to have plenty of touchdowns this season, more than 3.8 yards per reception, or probably closer to seven, eight, maybe even nine. Don't panic. He's going to be fantastic when he returns. If anything, be happy that they held him out to try and get him healthy. Now you can acquire him closer to full health. That's awesome. For the wide receivers on the list, got two for this tier. Pittman and Gabe Davis. Uh, Pittman hasn't been great in fantasy since week one, but he still has a 23% target share in the season, and that includes games coming off of the injury. It's probably going to be higher overall, maybe like 25-26%. And we know that Pittman is the best wide receiver in the Colts by a mile. We know no one's overtaking him, and we know the offense hasn't been good, but they're not going to average 14.3 points per game all season, which is worse in the league so far. You know, it's lower than the Jaguars had last season. They're going to be better than that. Pittman's going to be fine. Pittman's going to be heavily involved. He'll have a lot of touchdowns. Like, he's going to be good. Trade for him if someone thinks otherwise. And then finally, Gabe Davis. This is technically the one that we should have the least confidence in. And he is down to an 11.5% target share on the year, which is lower than Isaiah McKenzie and Devin Singletary. So not that great. That's fourth on the team because obviously Diggs is first. But... We talked about how the ankle was an issue going into week three, and then he did aggravate the injury in practice last week ahead of week four. So the ankle is a problem. It is obviously still bothering him. This is not the production we'll expect all season. And it might be a problem for a few weeks. So again, if you're in that lower end, you know, the bottom third team, you don't want to trade for Gabe Davis because you're assuming a lot of risk that he's not 100% until like week eight, week nine. That's possible like we don't really know the full extent of the ankle injury but at some point this year he's going to be fine he's still playing you know upper 90s percent of snaps he's on the buffalo bills he's a deep threat he's a red zone weapon like he's going to be good we should absolutely be buying low on him especially with you know crowder has a broken ankle mckenzie has a concussion kumaro is trying to recover from this knee injury like their wide receivers are, are dropping here and they're going to throw to khalil shakir every single play like it's going to be digs and it's going to be Davis. So as long as Davis is on the field, he's going to produce. And, you know, people are definitely panicking from what I have seen in the trade market so far. So that'll do it for this week's trade targets. Again, week five, please refer to the rest of the season rankings. If you have any other questions, they'll tell you exactly how I would value each player and let you kind of like play around with different trades, especially with the trade calculator. And please use the power rankings tool. It's free for everyone to use. You can find it in the description box. On Twitter, I posted the link. Just go to the website and click the page. It just allows you to objectively look at your team and see how well it's doing and not like make excuses saying, oh, my schedule has been tough or oh, this or that has happened. Well, this is how good your team would be on average. So I'll be back tomorrow to go over running back starts and sits. Friday to go over wide receiver starts and sits. And then Saturday to go over my favorite plays in week five. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.